0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: Black Friday, Cyber Monday is here for the Skinny Confidential. All you have to do is go to shopskinnyconfidential.com and you get 20% off products. So go grab an ice roller, some pink balls, stock up on holiday gifts, get the body sculptor. The best stocking stuffer gift is the razor. It fits right in a stocking, same with the driving gloves. And then who doesn't want to open an ice roller on Christmas? Go stock up on all the things ShopSkinnyConfidential.com, available on the TSC website. That's ShopSkinnyConfidential.com.
0: She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! Uh-huh. Aha!
2: in 2001 to be representing different women's character and talking about personality and how clothing brings out that creative personality and and, and embraces it and different age women, different body types, all different backgrounds of colors and races. Like that message to me was really important. And I think I had to wait 18 years for that to come into like, Popular culture of fashion.
1: Zach Posen. You may have heard of him. He is all over Instagram. He is all over the Daily Mail. He is all over the internet because he is a top American designer. He emerged as fashion's newest star in 2002 with his alluring feminine dresses made in their New York City runway debut. He was really young to be a business owner but he was still earning enthusiastic write-ups on the pages of Vogue and other esteemed fashion magazines for his creative flair. Zach is a native New Yorker, and his rapid rise in the fashion industry was partly fueled by his personal connections to some well-known tastemakers in the world of arts and film. You guys, this episode's really amazing for someone who really wants to take their creativity and turn it into a business. I know I learned a lot, On that note, welcome the top fashion designer, Zach Posen, to The Him and Her Show.
0: This is The Skinny Confidential, Him and Her.
2: Where one ends up, where they travel, you know, there's so many factors, right? And I think today it can be love. I mean, I think love makes people travel. I think education makes people travel. Work makes people find their home and location. And I think that you have to make your peace with where that is and your sanctuary. I think that living in urban environments like cities, I'm a born and raised New York City, lower Manhattan, Soho kid, you know, but living in a city can be really intense. It's a lot of actual electric energy, a lot of waves, a lot of human energy. There's a lot, you know, of history on top, on top, and top of each other. It's like Rome. (laughs) You know, layers below and below and below. And it just gets built on top of it. You know, that can be overwhelming. I think it's very important today more than ever for people to take their feet, their shoes off, and put their feet on the ground.
1: Oh, my God. Totally agree. Especially, it's hard in New York City. You know what I told my (laughs) friend? I'm like, go buy a litter box and put soil in it with grass that you get at Home Depot but it needs
2: to be attached to the earth though right but yeah yeah i think that's good but whatever it's getting
0: takes. something
2: it's giving something. I mean... <laughs> I just
0: said, if I if I find myself... Go my, to the beach and get the sand. No, but if I find myself indoors in my home standing in a litter box, I think it's over for me. <laughs> no, that's
2: just really weird. Yeah, yeah, like looking in the mirror feet feeding the litter box. Like imagine
0: someone walking in and be like, I wonder what this guy and he accidentally just see me standing in a litter box. Like that, I can't do it. It's too much.
1: When you look back at your childhood, did you know since you were a little boy that you were sort of destined for this greatness? Like what were you like as a child?
2: I was a little performer. I definitely dreamt big. Okay. Sometimes I think that, you know, I'll, I'll have a book one day and I'll, you know, could call, I could have called it Delusions of Grandeur. Love. <laughs> and, you know, I, but I don't think it was, you know, I think it was, I definitely lived in a, in my own fantasy world. I definitely loved other people right i was a i'm a people person i like connecting with people i like promoting people bringing them to their highest potential like it's just something i do and i think that that first was interested through theater and film right that's my first first full love right it was i loved performing i loved making little maquette theaters in my bedroom and i would get all my figurines my my he-man dolls my Star Wars figurines, you know, and they would be my cast of characters for plays that I'd put on on little, you know, in a little, you know, built out of shoeboxes and and things and steal my sister's dolls until I could get my own dolls to make dresses on. And that's kind of how it started.
1: You would steal your sister's dolls. started
2: until I got my own. Then I got then ah. they made like the female version of He-Man. And that was Shira.
1: And you made you made outfits for these.
2: Oh, yeah. I would use every little scrap or anything. What age is this? 3 oh, wow. 4 5 i mean that was it and you know i think at that time too i was probably ashamed of the dolls too so i remember like a whole process of hiding them for like my 6th birthday they were found
1: and what happened i
2: don't know i was embarrassed i think by that but then not
0: like embarrassed in front of your parents or your siblings no not my
2: parents my parents were supportive beyond my dad's an artist and a painter and my i had a very loving creative i had a very nurturing creative environment that I grew up in. And I think that's really important for for parents who have any kind of children.
1: I think that, that a lot of that gets lost though. There's sometimes there isn't that kind of environment. And you're really lucky that you have I'm that.
2: I'm beyond fortunate. Yeah. I hope that in my journey in my life that I can try to share that because I think I've lived in, you know, a lot of different scenarios. I've lived in worlds that are can be very excessive at times, very glamorous at times also a huge amount of work that people don't see behind it and and love sweat and tears but i think that behind all of that you have to love process and you have to nurture creativity like that is so important whether that is how you make eggs in the morning like even if you do that or like how you know there's just little small things that actually are creative expressions that people aren't aware of, but it's actually very human.
1: How do you make Zach's eggs in the morning creatively?
2: Oh, it depends.
1: Like, okay. Like, I mean,
2: I'm like on a health kick and so sort of like,
1: I'm obsessed with poached.
2: Do you add vinegar to your water? Yes. So it doesn't like yes, spill yes, out yes, the yes, low- No, she
0: doesn't. She's lying. She doesn't add vinegar yes, to the
1: water. Yes, I do. I add white nuts. vinegar.
2: Teaspoon, do it. D- it works. I yeah, do add white vinegar to the water.
1: No,
0: no, it's a little bit it's a little bit floppy. she
1: does it is a they are
0: floppy.
2: Flotted spoon. But I
0: always find it so interesting to talk to creative people because I like I'm envious in a way where I feel like you see the world completely different than I do. Not to say that I'm not creative in some ways, but You're creative in ways. But not like quote, unquote, like in an artist's kind of way, maybe like I can see some, like if I'm doing a business deal, I could see maybe Mm -hmm. how things should form together, maybe, right? Something like, well,
2: I think business can be artistic. I think the best business is artistic. And I think you have to think outside of the box to build a successful business today more than ever. Like all formulas are gone. Yeah. Right. I think that, I mean, you know, one plus one sort of, but not really. Right. I mean, it's all alternative. And I think How everything is structured, we can kind of re question, but we are living in an age when things are all communicated digitally. But like we have to go to bed with ourselves at the end of the night and know that one day maybe like digital could be shut off or digital could take over. I mean, I'm not getting cryptic here, but there is that place where like you have to be okay with yourself.
0: When you when you think about cultivating creativity, because I think, like, to your point, we're getting into this screen, yeah. digital, formulaic, yeah. people look at what other people do, and they, hey, I'm just going to, like, kind of, like... Well, AI. Yeah. It's, like, that creative
2: kind of... for you through some algorithm. Exactly. So how do you, from your perspective, cultivate creativity?
0: Because I think, to your point, everybody has creativity. Get your them.
2: hands dirty. Okay. Elaborate. Make a mess. Like, like
1: what do you mean? Give us an example.
2: Like, literally get a hunk of clay and stick your hands in it and see what shape you can form. Doesn't have to be figurative. It's not about naming something. See like what comes out. My dad, who's an artist, who's interestingly, I feel like later in my life, like recently, has become this other level of an incredible teacher to my creativity. He's in his 80s, but it's like we have this new relationship where there's like a breakdown. He'll just have me on a piece of paper do concentric, small, very light circles and over and over again all over a white piece of paper until I start to find a form. I don't have to name it, but it will like come out the drawing. And I think it's just like those kind of things, like, like taking a piece of clay. I think making cookies. I mean, let's be really simple, like making cookies with your kids and playing with how it's being iced, making decorations for the holidays. Like these are things that are connected to like cultural you know, institutions, right? And things that become tradition and you know, are seemingly disguised as fun, but they're also really creative outputs. Decorating, making, you know, how you set a table, right? I mean, setting a table. those are like gestures that are output. I think probably like how a kid, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm hearing a lot of people, you know, who are watching the David Beckham documentary talking about like his creative process to sports, right? And his... And I think that's really telling, right? It's like how do you get great at something and like long, you know, long distance planning, long distance like performance, and and it's all like that. It's it's how if you're playing sports, like how you're moving, it's a dance.
1: What other creative endeavors did you partake in when you were young? Besides, you said you mentioned whoa,
2: so many different things. Yeah, tell us. I love to cook. I wanted to be a baker. Okay, kind of came back. I wrote a cookbook in my life. Love it. Cooking with Zach. Rustic to refined, a collection <laughs> of of recipes, all kinds of. I mean, I I was singing. I mean, I sang till I was eighteen years old, and then I just like let that go because my voice changed.
1: Bring like a Christmas CD back.
2: A Christmas CD, yeah. yeah. Holiday holiday tunes, maybe. Yeah.
1: I, I have so many friends much. who are
2: such talented vocalists, like the, the most in the world. That it's so scary. I'm like, okay, well, fun. Do a duet. I could yeah, I thought about it. A little do okay, maybe one day.
1: So you you enter design school at sixteen years old.
2: Yeah, I did a pre college summer course at Parsons.
1: And that that's a major deal. That's a huge It was cool. I was
2: young. Mm-hmm. I was pretty young for the kid. You know, was, my other kids were older, like entering college and yeah, I was definitely like three years ahead and but I was in I was in New York, so a lot of the kids were from like outside of New York, like coming to the big city for the first time. And then it was like my town.
1: So when you when you do that at 16 years old, did you automatically feel connected to fashion? No, it took a while.
2: I think so. I mean, I think that course was very formative about something that kind of for me is fleeting, which is like American New York fashion industry uh, and Seventh Avenue, the city within the city. Okay. And so in 1996 or 1995, there was the center area in like midtown New York that was like a bustling hub where like a lot of clothing was made and had been made for a long time. Right. It was like after World War II, there was a whole garment industry that was really built in America and like sportswear was invented. It was like booming, like outerwear coats, you know, a whole generation of 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 different immigrant groups from from Jewish immigrants to, you know, a lot of Asian immigrants over the years to Hispanic immigrants over the years or Latinx immigrants over the years have come through the garment district and built their foundations in America through manufacturing and making of clothing. That was still sort of at its last thriving moment. There were all these American brands. So I entered into that and I could feel that at Parsons. Which what was what year was this? Did you, like 1996, okay, 1995. Okay. It was still like there. And so I was just feeling that. But fashion design had like formulas to it at Parsons. Like how many heads high, what a fashion illustration had to look like. I remember my father, who's an abstract painter, was like horrified. He was like, no, they're teaching my kid like how to name an eye or a lip when he's drawing. When it should just like find the form because it's probably more expressive. But I did learn it and I did perfect it. And I, you know would make these very 90s supermodel-y extravagant drawings. And I was starting to make clothing myself. I was making clothing for myself. to got to the nightclubs. Make clothing for my girlfriends for the nightclubs. Oh. Y- you know, and I had like a whole crew. And it was like I was learning. I was coming of age, but not really. I was like so young. I mean, I'm so lucky I'm still here. right? When, I- when
0: you grew up in a place <laughs> like New York City, do you feel you grow up faster here than other places?
2: That's hard to say. I mean, I only have my own experience. Some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Like, it was really innocent. I mean, I don't, you know, I grew up in lower Manhattan, creative parents, pretty open family. I still had, you know, my dad's from St. Louis, Missouri. I don't know. I still, there were still like family values. And I, you know, there were still rules, right? I still would get grounded. I mean, there are some people, kids I knew that I grew up with that are like, were like, adults by that age, right? And like working or working as, you know, young actors or models and had been performers and like professionals, you know, I just like idolized that. I was like, whoa, I want to be a professional and I want to figure out as fast as I can what I want to say and how I can express that and share that and maybe I'll make a living off of that. But I knew kind of that energy from that moment on from 16 was like, immediate like oh i have a dialogue with my city right and then it grew into other jobs i worked at i got an internship at the metropolitan museum and the costume institute and like then that energy got built there and you know found a collective of other young people making stuff but then also learned like my fashion history intensive abc before there's a google search or a pinterest like you had to look in books you had to learn it was word of mouth To understand or learn fashion history or any of this, yeah, it was like exploring the city. I mean, I guess in some ways, like street smarts, sure, that's real, right? Like knowing how to look over your shoulder, feel feel stuff out, not be like scared by other people, right? But then there's other stuff like I don't drive, yeah, ever. I don't have a license. (laughs) Still, I love still. No, I don't love that. Why? It's like because it's like very not sexy. I love, sexy. I but love the, being but driven
0: around. At this point, though, do you even really need like we talk, we think about this all the time?
2: Yeah, it's we like when the self-driving car is gonna well, come out. Well, well, no,
1: but like do you even need a car? You just walk Uber.
2: <laughs> no, I, I need a car because I actually, as I said, I like taking my shoes off and I like putting my feet on grass and I like to garden. My parents live outside of the city now. That's crazy. So yeah, you get out. I have to get out of this. I like I'm I love horticulture. I like farming. Come um, over, get I'm a like,
1: chicken, make me some eggs. The
2: fact that I don't have like dirt under my nails right now is like a rarity. I, I, I'm pretty like low key in that sense, too. I, I have like a both. I need both sides. And sometimes I'm like, maybe I'd just be very zen and happy.
1: I feel like you need to write a gardening book.
2: I could. Please. I don't know what the market is. If there's a market out there, maybe. But I think, yeah, building your own garden. Yeah. You know, I love it. I I started gardening. The bug came. My mom thought I need to get connected to nature and her and and people in the building. They built a box garden on our roof in our loft building. And that's where I kind of started falling in love that. Oh, my gosh, you can grow a strawberry or you could, you know, this is a seed and this is how it grows. I mean, really simple stuff that connected me and that that's what started that bug.
1: When you look back with all the wisdom that you have now, I mean, you've had a lot of longevity in this industry. What advice would you give to yourself starting out in the fashion industry?
2: Well, I think the industry is very different today, right? But I would say give yourself as much creative incubation time as possible. What does that mean? So that means that when I started and I'm not saying 16, I'm saying, let's say like 21 or turning 21, because that's when it really kind of hit for me. Um, which is still very young. Which is really, I was a child. I mean, I really was a child at that time. I'd gone to university in England for design school, but it like had evolved there. I would say that at that moment, it hit, right? And you're on the cover of everything, and you want to build a business quickly out of it, and the opportunities are there. I wish that I had been able to... Even afford the time to say like, hold on, let me continue to develop my creative vision. Like, let's get this going because, like, I don't know if I can make another sample.
0: I'm fascinated by the space, but also ignorant to the space. It's just not my industry. Is this one of those things where it's like you're kind of getting called up to the majors? You're having that moment. Your people are aware of you. Like, you, you, you kind of have to go
2: right. Or the great composer and lyricist Stephen Sondheim, he said, "Opportunity is not a lengthy visitor." Yes. And yeah, there was that feeling and there was necessity. I mean, yeah. I had brought in my mom and sister and friends and interns and we were all like, let's it's kinda like let's put on a show, right? I mean, that's really what it was. It was like, here's some samples I have from that I like didn't sell to people when I was at school in London. I came back and it was like, here we have an opportunity.
0: Quick break to talk about one of our favorite partners, one of our most useful partners, especially during this time of year. There are so many viruses and sicknesses going around. Kids are back in school. They're bringing all sorts of stuff home. People are at the airport traveling for holidays. There's all sorts of pathogens and viruses spreading all over the place. It's disgusting. This is why I absolutely need to share with you guys the coated silver from Symbiotica. This stuff is an absolute Game changer pack such a punch when it comes to boosting your immunity. I take this every single day right now, especially during the winter season. What it's going to do is it's going to neutralize viruses, fungus, yeast, and mold in your system. It's going to support healthy bacterial for a robust gut microbiome, and it's going to defend against common pathogens. If you want to be an overachiever, and I know you all do, Combine this with Symbiotica's Elderberry Immune Support Liposomal Delivery System. The elderberry is also a powerful antioxidant to shield the body from free radicals. It protects the body against flus and viruses. And like the silver, it boosts your immune function. There is nothing worse than getting sick. It knocks you out for days. It takes you off your game. It takes you out of your workouts. It makes you slow, lethargic, and it just the worst thing to feel like shit, which is why I love Symbiotica's products so much because they guard against all this. So again, take the coated silver, try the elderberry. They also have so many other great supplements, the vitamin C, the vitamin D, everything you need to take care of your system. And as always, Symbiotica is offering a special discount code for our listeners. Go to symbiotica.com skinny for 15 off site wide. Again, that is symbiotica.com slash skinny for 15% offsite wide.
1: I started drinking AG1 because of Michael. I was inspired by him. He drinks it every single morning. He does it in his little shaker bottle situation. He does it before I wake up. He does like his lemon water, his AG1, shakes it up, drinks it down. And how I like to take it is I started like frothing it with water and ice and a straw. It's so good. It's absolutely delicious. And it's a great way to just get it all in. So every scoop has prebiotic, probiotic, digestive enzymes. It has gut support, magnesium, B vitamins, all the things, even like vitamin C and zinc to support your immune health. I'm personally obsessed with the little packets. When I travel, I will put them like in my um, carry-on bag and then when I get to the hotel, I actually have my frother in my bag and I'll froth it up and I take it the whole time whenever I'm doing a trip because those little bags are just so efficient to travel with. To give you like a little background, AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why they've been a partner for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free, you guys, free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and my favorite, five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash skinny. That's drinkag1.com slash skinny. Check it out. Who was the person that wore your first outfit that you were fucking freaking out about?
2: The first person, I think the really, I mean, so when I was in school in London, um, Naomi Campbell.
1: That's a good one. Saw
2: some pieces that I had made and she started coming and she ordered pieces from me and came to my studio and started doing fittings with me. And just that experience. I mean, I will start to say that I probably don't feel I've ever seen a more beautiful person. She was incredibly kind and nurturing. In that moment, you know, really believed in me and wanted the wind. And then separately, I was doing some fittings when I'd come back. I'd met Mila Jovovich and she was doing some fittings and Mila is like beyond a powerhouse and a wow and, you know, incredible. And then the really big moment was when Natalie Portman uh, wore a piece of mind to the premiere of Star Wars. Oh damn, that that's huge. For the first one, yeah. right? And it was just big. It was a big big moment. It was like her first big premiere for that. It was in New York, it was right after 9/11. And the next day it was like on the cover of the major newspapers and for a fashion or celebrity image to make its way on the cover of a newspaper. Like I think it was on like the backfold of the New York Times and it was on like the Daily News and on the Post. And like there still were delis on corners in New York. <laughs> it wasn't all, there was no digital really, right? It was, there was no like search the internet for the press store. It's like what you see when you wake up.
1: Were you freaking out?
2: It was kind of a wild, yeah, it was a wild experience to see your dress in newsprint, like on the newsstands, like the next day. And
0: how quickly after that does the industry start to pick up? Like It already the- had. Okay.
2: There had been a piece that the New York Times had written. They saw a dress of mine like the year before. And they wrote an article called A Star Is Born and said the best dress wasn't on the catwalk, and it was like a four-page article. And
0: there was no press. On machine. the in-between of that, and like I want to stay on the I had to I'm go a-
2: back to school and was like hated because obviously, like a big press article had yeah. come out, and I was in a very competitive, very creative environment. But sure, everybody and was- what I was doing was like kind of pretty dress. Like I was doing like a empowering, pretty, flirty dress that had edge to it and like a punk attitude or sass to it but it was way commercial to what was kind of being asked of me creatively to extend my mind at central saint martin's which is like at the forefront of pushing the boundaries of fashion which is something i really believe in but i was just saying like this is what's going to build the base for me to be able to expand my creativity in the future
1: when you go back to school and you've had this huge I still want to go back to moment of success, Yeah, there's a lot of jealousy. I, I I know the fashion industry, like you said, it's very competitive. What was that like?
2: Did you- It was the best preparation for the fashion industry, for real, because like, I mean, St. Martin's, especially at that time, it was in the original, like the OG building of St. Martin. So it's like where, where Alexander McQueen had been, uh, Stella McCartney- Angagliano, Hussein Chalayan, like heroes of mine, Feet, Ozbek, you know, like it's the place, right? And it has this insane history and people who had master degrees would go back into the bachelor program, honors program to like relaunch, to launch their careers. So I was with like, you know, I was like, what, 18 with, you know, like 30, 40 year olds sometimes in our class, like ready to launch their career. There was like a big gap I was in my own world. They were, they were wild with me. They challenged me. You couldn't leave work out, right? It would, like, disappear or get cut up, or... Oh, yeah.
0: So what do you mean wild? Like, they would sabotage... Like, oh, yeah.
2: You couldn't leave anything out. Probably not in your lock. I mean, it was hardcore. This is, like, hardcore, good training. But it's London. And London fashion, to me, is a great deal of creative camaraderie. And they do love expression. I was also already starting to interact into the fashion industry in London at the same time too. I I kind of blind put blinders on and I kind of for the most part was happy go lightly. Like I like I I'm inclusive, right? It was kind of friendly. I mean there was like one girl who was in a grade older than me and I was just like she has it. She is like Whoa, that girl can draw like nobody's business. Did she end up she was being... drop dead gorgeous? Like they were so mean to her. She was doing her finale collection, like, I'm helping you. She's had the top highest internal positions in fashion in the industry for the last 20 years. I mean, at every major house in the world, she's like one of those guns to hire, right? Like, you know, people dream to 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 have had a career like she's had and she has her own line at times. I mean, she can kind of do, she has it, right? It's just that it factor. And that was the beginning of me knowing that as well. Like, I know that part of my success in my career was also recognizing other talented people at very early stages that have that magic quality because I had no marketing dollars. But if I saw somebody in a small film or knew a young actor and, and just took that chance...
0: Before they have the come up.
2: Before they have that. Who
0: were, who were some of those people that you saw that have become... Many
2: people. I mean... Wow, Julia Garner. I mean, I, you know, that was like taking her to her first Met Gala, helping produce her like a small short film she was in really early on. I mean, that I'm so many, so many models, so many people. I'm trying to think a lot of people that um, you just
0: would see and you say that person's going to be somebody. And yeah, you could or I
2: get brought somebody. I mean, bringing. I mean, Emrata on her first Emmys.
0: What is the quality you think those people have
2: that you recognize? What is the trait? It, 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 there's no, there's no formula. It's a magic, nebulous aura that, and it can't, I, I can't. It, it's something I can't. You can't describe it. You know, I mean, sometimes people talk about like the Bill Clinton glow. It's real. I've seen it. Like, like the
1: Bill Clinton glow. I was like, after Whoa, he the gets, the
2: goddamn man is like glowing with an aura Wait, in the well, room. hold
1: on. The Bill Clinton glow after he gets a blowjob from Monica. I don't know what you mean. No,
2: no, no. What are you just, talking about? No, not it's that glow. Like a Bill I, he, no, because like magnetism. Smooth- yeah. a magnetism to him. He's a that is guy. real like some people have energy fields that are magnetic.
1: It's like charisma.
2: Yeah, it's like charisma plus, it's star quality, right? You can't create real create star quality. Like there could be the most beautiful people in the world but they just don't have that star quality. It's just a thing, right? It's like it's something inside that comes out. It can make people be attracted to something that maybe alternatively Or stereotypically wouldn't be beautiful. Like who knows what? What is beauty anyhow? Right? Like that's so subjective. I feel like in an exciting way, we're living in a time right now where those ideals are breaking down, and I think that's really good. I think it's really interesting. Like that is like weirdly this pull in social media right now where it's like both ways. Right? It's like these ideals are placed on that are really unhealthy, unattainable, and unsustainable. But then at the same time, we're giving voice to the ability for people to have confidence in some places of self-acceptance, ideals of other forms of beauty, which to me culturally are there, right? You go to other countries, people have other ideals of beauty, but social media kind of brings it in, maybe filters it as like this is like what this should look like or that should look like. But at the same time, it's also giving voice to individuality that I think is interesting, too.
1: With the career that you have, yeah. is there a recipe of manifestation, visualization? Is there things that you've done that you look back on that you can pinpoint and tell us that you've done to create that sort of you created yeah. your own future? How did you do that?
2: I knew. I mean, it's hard. I have hard perspective this. My mother and sister will say, Zach, you knew like you were like, I'm going to build a luxury fashion brand and here's how we're going to do it. I don't know how I even like. Thought or knew of this and had really strong ideas about a barometer of kind of how you do it, right? Or like, I need a show. We need to, even that. Like, I we need to do a runway show. This is how we're gonna put it together. I mean, we did this like pasting. Obviously, a lot of people donated their times, but you have like a vision. You're like, this is what it's gonna be. Whether it's about creative expression. I mean, I was really it was really important to me in 2001 to be representing different women's character and talking about personality and how clothing brings out that creative personality and, and and embraces it. And different age women, different body types, all different backgrounds of colors and races. Like, that was really, that message to me was really important. And I think I had to wait, like, 18 years for that to come into, like, popular culture of fashion and in fact i think sadly if i have to be retro like look at myself i think at moments in my career like that just got beaten the hell out of me like really like it was hard because you
0: were trying to fit in what was i just had to at a certain
2: point it was like this is amazing this is fabulous but like no you can't have you know like so basically these are the standards of what fashion is and like you you want to be taken seriously like you you have to to use these kind of cookie cutter models. And I was just like, my whole original vision was so attuned. And then I kind of got like fashionized for a while. It doesn't mean that I wasn't expressing or forming creative visions. It's just now looking back at it, I'm like, well, damn, that was like so right on for where we're at today. It was kind of ahead of itself. And because internet didn't exist then, and I really entered fashion when there was like the system, right? I got to see the peak in a way of like the fashion system before uh, online and the internet kind of broke into that and changed the game completely. Like how reviews were done. I mean, reviews were like hardcore, like things don't get reviewed today. Things get described. Even as a kid at 21, like New York Times, like they're going to come for your clothing. And I kind of was at the forefront of like young designers. Like there weren't young design. There wasn't a generation of young designers and I came on with this, like, strong, you know, I was, like, peppy. I, I, I was, like, really with, like, a strong gusto, right? I was, like, going to go for it. It was kind of, like, survival or not. I mean, there was no trust fund. I was, like, going for it. Like, I had to do this and make this happen for myself. And then I brought my family into it. So there was, like, that responsibility and a whole community of friends. Like, we're going to go for this. So I had to make it work. So it was just, like, yeah, I had to, like, fit the mold. And, like, if somebody's saying, like, we're going to take you on, but you got to use like these kind of models or this is what a collection looks like or we'll pick up your collection and make you a viable business. But you have to make this pant at this price point and this color. And can you make like the easy top that's at this? You know, it starts designing into a box. It changes it. It becomes it beca- it's a creative vision that becomes a business. And that goes full circle saying, I wish that maybe I'd had a little bit more time and I don't live with any regrets. Let me just say that. Like I have been through hell and back been celebrated been all of it, you know, many times over, but I do wish I'd had a little bit more time uh, and the resources, you know, and not crazy resources, just like the beginning resources I had, which was like a sewer and one pattern maker just to like take from like the second and third collection to just develop a little bit more before all of a sudden I had to do like become global distribution of a brand because it happened that fast.
0: Do you feel people that are, or especially maybe younger people that are thinking about breaking into this now, maybe have a little more time and optionality because some of these publications don't control so much of
2: the correct, And they have social media to get their message directly out there to the consumer. You don't have to rely on a big... That is huge. I tell that to so many young creators. I say, use your platforms. Like build your world Stick to it. You don't have to budge. You can always, you know, there's always in your that world moment. There was
0: gatekeepers. In yeah,
2: there were. It was all gate. I mean, it was ropes, gatekeepers. You name. It. I don't even, you know, know how many padlocks, you know, to fit this Rubik's cube in to like how to how to survive. And because I was learning that and have a kind of at the same time performative punk quality just to me inherently, especially at that time, starting to be celebrated, I think that I got, I was like a target, I was like an easy target, right? So I got a lot of hits and I feel proud that I think that I was able to kind of break through in this way, which in a sense, I think opened up a lot of doors for an industry to build like a young designer industry and hopefully have also allowed a lot of other people to believe and dream, right? And I think that then later being on TV on Project Runway for like seven years, which was something originally brought to me when it was in, a, in original inception. How
0: long has that show been going? Forever.
2: I did the show for like a six-year streak as a judge after Michael left the show as a judge. But that became a really... At that point, I was ready hmm. to share a message about creativity on a larger scale globally. That makes sense. And that felt good. Like, and I was like, okay. And I think now it's like hitting for people later, like with many years now, not off the show being like, oh yeah, you were really, we really appreciate that you were about creative process and about supporting that. And people rewatching the show and young viewers. It's pretty cool.
1: Wella Professionals new line, Ultimate Repair, is the most premium line to date. And it was developed with 140 years plus of experience and research to deliver the very best. Miracle Hair Rescue repairs hair in only 90 seconds. Here's how I use it. I take it in my handbag. It's small, it's chic. I do the little travel one and I like wash my hair. Like I'll get like a blowout and then I spray it all over wet hair. And then I'll get a blowout, and it just gives my blowout this like bouncy, effortless look. It's not like weighing on my hair. You know, sometimes when you put product in your hair and it weighs your hair down, this one gives you like a rich, beautiful texture. It's the perfect luxury leave in spray treatment that everyone can benefit from. It is full of the best ingredients, key ingredients like AHA and omega 9, which all work to rebuild the hair bonds inside of the strands and replenish the outside barrier of damaged hair. You should also know that their bonding serum repairs hair damage in 90 seconds. So they're really saving us time. Another good way to do this, and this is just like a little hot tip from Lauren, is if you want to just like wash your hair at home and then spray it in your hair and put your hair back in a sleek bun, that's really nice too. Like I said, use it on wet hair. So you could also just... Get out of the shower, use it on your wet hair, and put your hair in a sleek bun if you want. But how I really like to use it is before a blowout. You can purchase Ultimate Repair Miracle Hair Rescue at Amazon and Ulta now. I am telling you, the best superfood, in my opinion, is colostrum. I am so into this. I cannot shut the fuck up about it. I have told every single one of my friends, my family. I've sent it to my dad. I've sent it to my stepmom. I give it to both my kids. I do a scoop. I eat it all the time. That's right. I eat the powder. I love it. It tastes like a milk dud. Michael eats it. I'm just such a fan. Colostrum, if you're unfamiliar, is the first nutrition we receive in life, and it contains all the essential nutrients our bodies need to thrive. Where I became really into colostrum is obviously for a living. I have access to some really incredible people, and I kept hearing the word colostrum. And then I had the opportunity to interview the founder, Dr. Sarah, and I could not believe like this discovery. It strengthens the immunity. It seals tissue. Also, the anti aging benefits. It's good for your hair, your skin, your nails. Like I don't know why we all wouldn't be on this. I'm obsessed with Armra they really do it right. The packaging's beautiful. Their product is insane. It's one ingredient. They never do this, but for a limited time, they're offering a special Black Friday Cyber Monday discount. You get 40% off your first auto ship order. Go to tryarmra.com slash skinny40 or enter code skinny40 to get 40% off your first auto ship order. That's tryarmr dot slash skinny40. Don't miss out on this incredible offer.
0: We produce a lot of stuff. Yeah. And what I always say, like when people come and their first question is like, how do I make money? And like, how do I do this? I'm like, it's really the wrong question. Yeah. Right? Like, I think if you nail to your point, the creative process and you build an audience or a demo that actually cares about the quote unquote art that you're putting out in the yeah. world, like the other stuff kind of takes care of itself. But I think people have, are so fixated now on the business of it all and they kind of missed the whole point, which is like if you create something that people love and identify with, the other stuff is actually easy. But if you focus on the other stuff first, it, makes it holds it, you back. Yes, it can. It yeah. can
2: hold you. But first, I totally agree. I think there's a lot of easy ways to make a quick buck in this world.
0: Yeah, I know. And I always <laughs> tell people like we 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 do there's other
2: platforms for that.
0: For sure. Like We do this show. You know we've been doing it for a long time but i tell people like what they don't understand is we would do it for free in the sense that like i like meeting interesting people yeah. and talking about their life and figuring out what makes them tick and all of these things and yes it's great it's turned into a business in many regards and it's stemmed other things but like the intention from the beginning was to have a creative outlet where we got to just sit down and have these conversations mm-hmm. and to be honest the other stuff is kind of taking care of itself because of that
2: my first thought was i wanted to make like what was in my imagination it wasn't mm-hmm. like I had an entrepreneurial spirit. Don't get me wrong; like that came through there through necessity. But the real thought was like, "What is the vision? Right? What do I want to make? What do I imagine? You know, my 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 dream person wearing."
1: When you said earlier that you've been through hell and back, yeah, wh- what are you referring to? Was the hell the Oh gosh,
2: I mean beyond. Uh, years of back and forth of being in fashion, out of fashion, on the brink of a business that was a success of, you know, of kind of of having you know incredible sales, having a drop off of sales. I mean, fashion is like a crazy yo yo to have it. It's in fickle. High, it's fickle in yeah. high fashion. You know, when before I started my business, a very very smart man in business said, there's two things I won't invest in, which is fashion and weather. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, somebody who like, you know, literally like owns the tides. And I thought, oh gosh, like. <laughs>
0: is that because in your field, like some designers and things are hot for the moment and the next season, somebody else is hot. And during that season, like you can't. You yeah, just kinda-
2: there's nothing you can do. And also just, it's expensive.
1: Yeah. I also think. materials too, though, like- expensive.
2: Like we don't realize that like fabric was like currency for, for for forever.
1: What you fabric think was is money, like holding a
2: yards of fabric, were like what you would gift for like a wedding. It just became like something that can be pumped out or mo- you know, like made at a price that can be kind of and you know where you can cut it and kind of make a margin on it. You can now, but. You know, it's it. There's there's a result to that, which yeah, is our I imagine planet. if
0: something goes out of style, it's not like a you know a supplement company where it's like eventually it'll sell. It's like if it's
2: out of style, then maybe it no. Doesn't. It's like it's like having groceries on a shelf, but it's
1: also it's 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 up to interpretation because what you think is fashionable, he might not think Correct. is fashionable. That's the problem. Is it's 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 like art. It is. Yeah, art. it's the
2: problem, and it's also the beauty of it.
1: Yes, yes, but I can imagine it'd be hard to run a product based business. When there's all those different dynamics involved.:
2: And a brand can be a personality. So people can just not like like a personality or right. like a person or you know, I don't jealousy or like people don't like something's hyped or if they don't discover it, then they're not the people. It, it is like so crazy. And then also just the flow ebb and flow of running a business at a young age and you know, scaling a business, being in relationship to the economy. I mean, you can't you're not controlling the market. You don't know if the market's, you know, gonna have like a big bump or crash or what the hell do you do as a, as a, if you're running a business and it's like on trajectory. For like, people
0: whose fortes are maybe not fashion. Yeah. But they wanna up level their fashion. Yeah. They wanna they wanna they wanna look at, but they just don't know what to do. What are some basic things you would tell people just to dress well?
2: I I mean, to me, to dress well, I think shoes. I think shoes are like your starting base. Okay. Like a good comfortable shoe because you have to be able to walk. Okay. Like there's nothing worse than somebody in like a crazy shoe and can't walk unless mm-hmm. that's like your fetish or thing. Some people like that. Uh, but I think a good shoe is like your foundation. So I think whatever that is, is really key. I think great shirting is like a basic like a really nice shirt. I'm, What's I'm tra- a really
1: nice shirt? What's a really nice shirt? Like brand?
2: something crisp. I'm not promoting any brands here. Oh. I'm just saying, like a crisp shirt, like the right proportion collar. Okay, I think is important. Like
1: the tr- right proportion collar. Yeah, That's interesting. Well,
2: you look at like the shape of your face. Like when you're making putting when you're dressing, without getting too abstract, think about like what in scale. I think that's okay, right? Looks good on your proportion, right? If
0: I have a small head, which I do and I have these giant collars,
2: maybe you're gonna look goofy. Right. That makes sense. But maybe you're going for maybe like goofy's hot on you. I don't know. It depends. Like like everybody has their thing. Um, but you gotta figure that out. I think a great pair of jeans. Okay. Have your casual jean and have like your more like dress up jean. But I think like a good shirt, a good shoe, a good pair of jeans. I almost think you can go anywhere today in the world.
1: You can build on it.
2: You can build or you can put a leather jacket with it. Or a hat. Or a hat. You could put a blazer on it. You know, you're feeling like extra special and, and you could put a tie with it. I think proportions of tie for a man are really important. I think like often people wear like crazy bulky ties and that kind of looks weird. But, you know, it's always but then like a skinny tie can kind of look the right look if like. The lapel's too big. It can look a little creepy. (laughs) Uh, But it's like a balance, right? It's just finding that and trying. I mean, I think trying on your wardrobe, I think for a woman having like one great base LBD. What's an LBD?
1: Little black dress. Oh, all right. Yeah,
2: right? I mean, that's like always like that staple, right? You can dress that up. You can do it like more casual. You can like glam it up more if you need to do that it's like really what feels right and comfortable on you and then good underwear
1: good underwear i'm not like a big underwear wearer
2: you don't wear underwear
1: not always yeah it's like so bras? much work i wear bras Bar-
2: okay but you like like your bras
1: yeah i like my bras okay well, you well that's, that's underwear
2: bras? yeah i like your bras okay <laughs> i don't know like good foundation is super important. You like, know, hey, this,
0: you're a perfect person to ask this. As a term, in terms of proportions, or okay. maybe you're not, but I think you okay, are. Okay. Hope she had recently removed her implants, which she's been talking about. And I always told her, I mean, "Listen, love you the way." But I, I was thinking, I think when people design, it may not be designing for that proportion. Is yep. that correct?
2: Depends. Right. I mean, designer clothing. A lot of it is not designed for women with curves my success was that I love bodies right that was a big part of the success of my business I think I don't know if it was like necessarily right for the high fashion industry but for my business like I love all body types and I designed for women with curves right and that's why it worked all around the world and worked you know in America a lot of brands do not right it's like really seems to be hard I just don't understand that I love women's bodies I love curves. I love sensuality. I don't so know. What I like to I like
1: Some people some fashion designers do some don't. Some I, don't.
2: Yeah, I don't know what to say like I love people. I like women. I like their bodies. You like
1: big tits, small tits, whatever. no? Whatever. Yeah,
2: whatever it is. Little I like tits, Of course. Like come on. Big dicks,
1: small dicks, whatever the size it doesn't matter.
2: All right. He designs okay. for everything. <laughs> I don't mean, please like it's my job as a creator. To be able to be uh, open to anything.
1: When you look at your business, what are some tangible tips that you can give our audience if they want to start their own business?
2: I think in terms of starting a business, once it's like going right, once you have your first you've identify, as we spoke earlier, like what is the vision? What do I want to make? And that is key, right? It has to be pretty pure, authentic. I think market test is really important like guerrilla marketing, word of mouth marketing is key just to test the product before you start pouring money, big money into it to scale something. I think it's really important to kind of feel, feel the water. So like friends, like if you have a product and you can, and you have the ability to try to sample it or you have to lend one product, like do round tables. Like I have this water bottle like let's all try it let's hold it let's discuss it let's get all the feedback then you got to trust your own instincts but it's important to do that as much as possible once you have that i think the beginning stage is like take it slowly and scaling right i think you know right now we're living in like a unicorn you know unicorn business time
1: go off um
2: you know again it's a quick fix it's okay it can be great like who doesn't want to get rich quick Right, I, mean, I guess that's idea, but that's not necessarily integrity. It might not make happiness. Like, I think you gotta really decide that you love the build.
1: That is great advice. You
2: have to love the build. You have
1: to love the build. Because- it's like
2: loving creative process, loving the build. Well, I think the
1: that's the like process, the, the, and the, and the process and the nitty gritty and not liking every iteration.
2: You're not going to, but it's like you got to get into it a little yeah. like you got to enjoy it. Like, I think that's really important. I also think that. In some ways, you everybody wants like that big infusion to like scale something quickly. And I kind of think now it's important to know when opportunities right. Chew infuse, but I also believe it's really important that you can kind of scale a business profitably as you go. Yeah, and I mean, have think, that steady base and feet. Good advice. Yeah. I because, think speaking of unicorns,
0: yeah. it's like I think people have figured out that maybe you shouldn't buy a billion dollar company that's losing two hundred million dollars a year.
2: Maybe. Oh, right. well, who are
1: you referring no, to? No, no, I'm just saying. I feel like, like there's, there's someone.
0: There's yeah. I mean, there's I a lot
2: know. of that out there too, right? That's yeah. like a big part of. venture capital and how this all works we
0: just had a big venture capitalist on the show and we were talking about like even just the way they analyze things now and there was a period of time when like that was the thing and maybe quote-unquote was in fashion but i think people now are like it doesn't matter if it goes a little slow where we want to buy like sustainable substantial efficient things
2: i think it's really really key i mean you know fashion's quick right you want to jump when it's there but uh i think that i think people going into my fashion industry specifically like it's expensive. There's just no doubt. Like, it's not a one idea thing. I mean, it could be like a spank, but it, it it takes time. Like, building and building a luxury, something in luxury and building something, what we call a brand, I think like a real brand can take a lifetime.
1: Before you go, tell our audience what you think the secret to longevity in this industry is because you've had a very long God, I feel strategic like a career.
2: Uh, the secret to longevity. Yeah, I mean,
1: you've had staying power. Yeah,
2: I think authenticity. Okay. I know that sounds like a little corny, but I think I would say I think authenticity is really important. I think resilience. Okay, okay, Resilience. The secret to staying power is resilience, authenticity and heart.
1: A lot of those people who remain in fashion school <laughs> don't have those three things. So I'm going to guess they don't have longevity.
2: I don't know. I hope they're. I hope no they're comment. happy. No comment. <laughs> I wish they're them not the best. gardening and grounding. I wish them the best.
1: <laughs> what are you working on right now? Where can everyone find you? Pimp yourself out. Wow,
2: I'm. I'm. All, well, you can find me on social media on on Zach Posen at, at at Instagram. I'm working on a few cool projects. I have a. I worked on some cool costumes for an episode. Of the new season hopelessly coming out of Feud soon. Cute. About Truman Capote, I got to reimagine cool. the famous black and white ball just for the leading actresses of of this very important moment and scene. And it was an incredible experience working with Gus Van Vincent, who is directing and an incredible, illustrious list of some of the most iconic actresses of our time playing some very famous legends and social women, you know, of the late and mid 60s.
1: It sounds like you got to do what your dream is, which is all different types of people. Oh, you
2: know, Fantasyland. I had a blast and also to reimagine history cool. and bring glamour. So that should be coming out in the new year. And I'm excited, very excited for that. And it was an honor to work with, with Ryan Murphy, who brought me into the project. And it was a cool thing that he, you know, called and said, let's do this. And his incredible right hand and and producer, lou who does his costumes and just getting to see her whole world and what she built for a whole season of this show it's just remarkable and you know maybe i'll be having my own line again and maybe i'll be working in another brand and and i hope i can bring my love and joy and passion and style to uh a larger population again
1: Ryan Murphy reminds me of you in the sense that he's sort of done for television, what you've done for fashion and the way that he's included all different walks of life. He's very diverse with his casting.
0: And the style is very distinct, right? Like you can like when you see a Ryan Murphy part, it's very distinct.
2: It's different. He's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. One of the great uh, imagineers and storytellers of our time. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Zach, thank you for coming on. What an interview.
2: Thank Thank you, Zach.
1: Before you go, do not forget about Black Friday, Cyber Monday. This is the time to stock up on your gifts. Head to ShopSkinnyConfidential.com and get all the deals.